word this morning. All right. I'm excited too. Really pumped, been thinking about this message for a couple weeks because we're starting a new series. You see that before you? Family talk. What does that bring to your mind already? Some of you are like remembering your, your adolescent and teen years sitting on that couch with your family. Now we know this is a, a super hipster picture with your pour over coffee there about to happen. We know that, but we're not going to judge, okay? But uh, you know, this, this, this can, can bring some emotions up, right? Already you're thinking family talk. Ah! But listen, we want to help us as a church understand, you see this, the values we share and why we should care, okay? So the values we share as a family and why you should care, all right? And it's so important is to understand the family values, right? The family values are what we live with, what we live out with as we go out in public. You know, I think about this with my kiddos. Their last name is Myers. Therefore, they represent the Myers fam, right? You know what I'm saying by this? So are they carrying the values of our family into everything that they do? We want to challenge you as the Foundry fam, hashtag Foundry fam, to carry the values of the Foundry church wherever you go. As you are the church wherever you go. That's so important for us is to be the Foundry fam everywhere we go to represent our father well, right? And the things that he values. So what we're going to do over the next few weeks is have some conversations, some family talk. Again, you're like getting scared. It's going to be fun. Don't worry. We're going to have some family members contributing to this conversation. Anthony's going to be helping Kara and I communicate, talking about marriage and children and things like that. He's going to be like a little moderator. Isn't this fun? So if you have any questions that you'd like to start submitting, hit us up, email us, text us, whatever it takes to start asking questions about family stuff. Family meaning those that are, are single without kids yet. Family that those are, have, have kids, you know, those that are married. Every side of the family. If you have questions that you'd like us to answer, Karen and I are going to work hard to answer those. And Tan Man is going to help us, especially on the research side of things. Won't you, pal? He's so funny. He's like, hey, I read this great article. Dude, that's great. Thank you. All right. Also, uh, where, where's my boy D-Rock at? Drockington. Where are you at, buddy? Are you probably, he's, he's out there checking on safety. You're fine. You're actually doing the right thing. All right. Part of our safety team watching everything this morning. All right. Actually, those two guys that are just beyond the glass, one's pointing at the other guy. Drew's going to be helping us communicate too as well. Yeah, you're going to be, they're all pointing at each other. Hi, Drew. All right. It's great. Okay, this is, yeah, you're safe. Um, <laughs> he did it. I know he did it. Uh, no, they're, they're making sure our building is safe and our kiddos are, are all doing well and you're safe too. So we're going to be hearing some fun stuff. I'm excited for it. We're going to talk about discipleship and the importance of that, you know, and evangelism, things like that. And also next week, stewardship. I think that's so important because after what we talk about today, that'll make perfect sense as to our next step within the Foundry fam and a representation of the fam. Does that make sense? Is that a good, good introduction to a new series? Okay, you're like, I am very puzzled. I'm excited for this. I love to be puzzled. Okay, today we're going to start off with an individual uh, that you may have heard about before. Um, we actually spoke about him at one point uh, that you'll, you'll recognize maybe later on. Uh, this guy, I think, is very important uh, to the good news message of Christ because of, of what his life symbolizes, but also um, how he came to Jesus. And I think this is very important. Um, this guy, you may have heard his name before. His name is Nicodemus. Uh, his, his life is played out in the book of John, the gospel, the good news message of John. John the Beloved, who is some 
somebody that knew what it was like to love Jesus so very much. And you see that in his writings and how he made sure that folks saw the love of Christ and the actions that Christ had towards humanity. And we see that with Nicodemus. It happens in chapter three of John seven and 19 is where we see his story take place. So what I'm going to do is read to you this morning, and then we're going to break it down a little bit more. So you gain some understanding of how Nicodemus can help us today in our family talk conversation and what the values are there and how we should care about them, okay? So hey, start with me in John 3, uh, verse 1. You'll see it on your screen and you can follow along with me. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council, okay? So he was somebody that would help to make sure that the laws were being uh, listened and adhered to and that folks were being good Jewish folks throughout their lives, okay? He came to Jesus at night, this is significant, it'll make sense later, and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God. For no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with them. Okay, so we see this Jewish ruler, all right, coming to Jesus at night and telling Jesus about what we know, the rest of the Pharisees, right? There was some conversation that was happening amongst them about this man, Jesus, who was coming to town and was messing up everything that had to do with Judaism. He was coming in and messing up the Jewish faith. Everything was figured out, was predictable. They had the law. They had everything that they needed, even the ones that they added on themselves. Everything was fine. And then here comes Jesus messing things up, okay? But, but, you see Nicodemus say something. We know, we know, all right? We know that you are a teacher who has come from God. See, Nicodemus is beginning to ask a question that he doesn't even know that he's asking, and Jesus is going to answer a question that he, that he knows, doesn't even know that Jesus is about to answer. See, what Nicodemus thinks here is that he knows that God will rule this kingdom. He knows that God will rule this kingdom because he knows that from what scripture has already said. It will be restored on earth and people will be a part of it. This is what Nicodemus is coming to the conversation with. God, uh, Jesus, this is what I know. But then Jesus wants to respond to him in this way. But Nicodemus, what you don't know that it's not just for the Jewish folk, but this good news message, what I am doing right now, Nicodemus, is for everyone. And a lot of times we kind of pick and choose who should benefit from our lives, don't we? You ever feel that way? Sometimes we pick and choose and we weigh the worthiness of our audience in our lives. You know, we think about, well, how would they respond to this? What would they do if I give this? What would they do if I spend this amount of time with them? What would they do if I give this type of money toward them or have this type of blessing or something like that? We weigh what, what we're giving to people with the worthiness of that person. See, Jesus, again, ruining the system, is coming in and saying, listen, this isn't just for Jewish folk, Nicodemus. This is for everyone. Isn't that encouraging? See, God sees things differently. He doesn't have those weights and measurements of who is available to know him, who is worthy to know him. We're going to get into this more. So we see the mindset already of the Pharisee folk, of the Jewish folk being attacked in this way because Jesus is saying, I know what you know, but what you don't know is more important. So you see Nicodemus coming to Jesus, saying that who he, he knows that he is, and Jesus replies, 
And, and when you read the reply with me in your mind, you say, when did Jesus, I mean, when did Nicodemus ask that question? See, Jesus is answering the question that Nicodemus really has within his heart. Okay? You see what I'm saying here? Because Jesus replied, very truly, or very verily, he would say, verily, verily. He's saying, listen into this Nicodemus. Very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. You've probably heard that about 1.5 million times if you grew up in the church. But if you did not grow up in the church or you have shied away from the church in years past, this whole born again concept is kind of fleeting. Even us that has been, been in the church our, our whole lives, grown up in church, we forget what this means to us to be born again. See, Jesus is answering the real question of mankind here and what Nicodemus is really asking when he comes to Jesus in the middle of the night because he's afraid that his friends will find out that he is spending time with the prophet, with the Messiah, for fear of what he will lose in the public's eye. So he comes in the middle of the night and Jesus answers the question that Nicodemus isn't really asking with his mouth but he is with his heart. Isn't that crazy? Jesus is answering the real question. To be, to see, to be a part of the kingdom of God, you must be born again. He replies, Nicodemus says this, how can someone be born when they are old? Doesn't that make perfect sense? That makes perfect sense. Listen, if you're in this room, you probably understand how childbirth happens. We'll leave it at that, okay? Let's just say six foot two, okay? 250 plus sometimes, depending upon how much cereal I've eaten the night before, okay? Little Miss Darlene Myers, five seven-ish. It's not happening, Captain, okay? So what Nicodemus is saying makes perfect sense physically. But Jesus is going deeper on this kind of stuff here, talking about the heart. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Duh, Nicodemus. <laughs> you ever feel like Jesus wanted to be like, you're so stupid. <laughs> Nico, you precious, but you dumb as a box of rocks. And it's like, he doesn't think well at night. Let's just say that, all right? Jesus answered, and remember he did this verily, verily. He says, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to the spirit. We all were born. All of you were born. Think about it. A lot of times we don't do that. We look at people and just be like, that's a big guy. And man, he is humongous. Think of Justin Reynolds. If you don't know him, you'll see him, this big burly red beard. He is humongous, but he's not fat. He's just a man. And I'm thinking, how were you ever born? There's no way. It's like you just appeared. No, he was born. Andre the Giant, anybody remember him? He was a wrestler, is what we called it back in the day. He was born. Everybody has been born. But not everybody has been born again. He's talking about spiritual things here, not physical things here. So he's like, Nicodemus, switch the way you're thinking for a moment. Everybody's been born. 
Duh. But I'm talking about something much deeper. The reason why you came here, not to get an understanding of, of, of anatomy tonight, Nicodemus. You're talking about spiritual matters that are much deeper and much more profound this evening. Of course, flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. They have no control over this in this way. You think about it, right? God is God. Jesus is Jesus. Holy Spirit is Holy Spirit. Triune God in one. You can't control them. Right? Have you ever tried to control the wind? That's fun, isn't it? Isn't that a lot of fun to try to control the wind? It will not happen. It's always stronger than you it's always greater than you so again nicodemus is asking questions how can this be jesus you're blowing my mind here dude you're blowing my mind here i know a lot of things jesus but this is blowing my mind this is beyond my mental capacity this evening jesus answers you are israel's teacher (laughs) jesus like i thought you were smart i thought you knew some stuff I thought that you thought you were the man. You're Israel's teacher. And you do not understand these things? Very truly. Verily, verily. Right? Very truly. I tell you. We speak of what we know. And we testify of what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. Jesus is like, look. Y'all got it all figured out in the book, don't you? What about your heart? You can open up the word of God. But I'm actually the living, breathing word of God right now, Nicodemus. People aren't seeing this. They don't accept me. They don't accept the testimony of who I am. They're not seeing it, Nico. They're not catching it. I love this conversation that Jesus is having with this guy because this guy is struggling with his faith. And he's asking questions that he's not articulating. God bless you! That he is not articulating with words. That's the spirit. You had no control over that. We have hand sanitizer stations all over the church. Make sure you use that on the way out. We have big containers. Pour it all over yourself. Pour it all over yourself. Yes, Lord. We're an interactive church. People in podcast land are once again confused. Somebody sneezed loudly in the crowd. And that's okay. We speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen or even heard today. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? Nicodemus, you're so wrapped up in this earth and what's already been given to you. You don't understand that I'm talking about heavenly stuff here. This is a conversation we got to have as a family here, Nico. If you want to be in, bro, this is big deal stuff. This ain't about what's already been delivered to you in the Old Testament. This is about God delivering me to you right now, the living, breathing word of God. That's good. That'll jack you up. We speak of what we know and we see, don't we? I have spoken to you on earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. 
Okay. Just as Moses lifted up eternal life in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Do you ever read that and wonder what is that all about? Moses lifting up a snake in the wilderness. Does that freak anybody out at all? That we're not a church that handles snakes whatsoever? Nor was Moses a part of that church then. But what it was is if they ever turned their eye away from the snake, then they be sick. They wouldn't be well. And he's talking about him, the son of God, who will be lifted up depicting what would happen on that cross, that everybody will be well, that everybody will be healed. You've seen that as a medical symbol, haven't you? The snake. Anybody recognize that now? It comes from the Bible. Okay. For God so loved the world. We always, we, we glaze over, don't we? We didn't even know the context of John three sixteen, did we? We didn't even know this was talking to a guy named Nico struggling with his faith. We didn't know that it was a guy that thought he knew everything but didn't know Jesus yet in this way. We didn't understand that for God so loved the world. This is powerful. That he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I'm sure Nicodemus' mind was being blown in this moment. That God loves Everyone. God loves me? Yes, Nicodemus. Why? Just bear with me, Nicodemus. I'm not done yet. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That's powerful. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. Verse 19, Jesus says this. The verdict. This is the verdict. Listen, the gavel's coming down. Man, that hurt. This, this is the verdict, is what he says, right? Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Think about what Nicodemus is feeling here. You have come into the world. You have, and it's true. People love what they want more than they love you. It's a darkness that we struggle with. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for the fear that their deeds will be exposed. For fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. So we're going to glean some things from this this morning. We're going to answer some questions quickly. As you can tell, time is running from us this morning. How do we make it into the family of God? How do we make it? Because this is what Nicodemus was asking. How how do I get into the family of God? John 3, 3, very truly I tell you, you must, right? No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born again, born of water and of spirit. We've all been born of water but to be born of spirit, having a spiritual birth. Nicodemus, this is how it happens. Friend, this is how it happens in your life, to be born again. But how does this being born again happen? Questions. How does this being born again happen? Number one, identify that we need Jesus. Guys, all of us need Jesus. John 3.11, very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. Honestly, guys, we know nothing. We know nothing. We think we have it figured out most days, but then we realize 
I need Jesus today, but also that we have to accept Jesus and his leadership in our lives. John 3, 12, I've spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then when you believe if I speak of heavenly things? Honestly, guys, we control nothing. All we have is our response. At any moment, calamity can come your way in this free world that we live in. At any moment, something can happen to you in your life, to your family, to your situation. And you realize, man, what can I really control? Your response. That's all you got. Yeah, we set up safeguards. We save money. We budget. You know, we maintain our vehicles. You know what I mean? We maintain our homes, our relationships. We maintain things. But I can tell you what, stuff always breaks. Because we're in a broken world with broken people. And broken people do broken things. And they break other people in the process because they can't help it. Because that's just what brokenness does. All you have is your response. You control nothing. But how does this being born again happen in our lives? We allow him to do his work in us. John three fourteen through 15. Just as, as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life. Without Christ, we do nothing. We have to allow him in so that we can do and be who we're supposed to be for him. Because without him, we're really doing nothing. But with him, we're doing everything that we're supposed to do. Because he will lead and guide us every step of the way. So the last question I have, and the last responses that I'm going to give to you this morning, that Nicodemus was asking, but also us as well. What do we receive when we believe? What do we receive when we believe? John 3.16 says this, a seat at the table. A seat at the table. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. You remember that? That whosoever believes in him, I'm quoting what I remembered as a kid, whoever, whosoever believes in him will have everlasting life, that you will be welcomed to the table regardless of who you are, where you come from, and what you've done. There's a seat for you. Isn't that good? This world is obliterating people and judging them before they even get to them. Before they even get to him. Not allowing anybody to have value in this life. Everybody is welcome at the table. And if you don't feel that way, kindly remove yourself from the table to provide a seat for someone else. You are excused. Right? Because this is for everybody. Nicodemus, this is good news for everyone. Not just you, not just me, but everyone. This is good news for everyone. For God so loved the world, his love is for everyone, that he gave his only son. God sent himself through Jesus as a messenger. God was showing you through Jesus as a messenger of God's love for you and why you must be born again. And Jesus came with the Father's business in mind. That's all he ever did. That whosoever believes, a believer is those who put their trust and confidence in Jesus. Nicodemus coming in the middle of the night, he's being challenged. Do you really believe? Do you really trust me, Nicodemus? You know, I, I think about this, and I think it, it's, it's something hard to do. Trusting Jesus before you actually see him resurrected. Think about that. Knowing that he was going to come and give his life, that he would be raised up. But Nicodemus is faced with a decision, will I trust him without seeing the resurrected Christ? 
It's funny that we struggle with the same thing after seeing and hearing about a resurrected Christ 2,000 years later. Same struggle, and that struggle is still, still real in our lives. We struggle. We struggle with allowing him to be in our lives and allowing him to lead and guide and direct us. We struggle with trusting him, and this is the biggest struggle I still have. After all of the amazing miracles that God has done in my life, I still struggle to trust Still struggle. Biggest thing, because I always see what we don't have or what we need versus what he's given and what he's done. You can trust him. Justin, you can trust him. Folks, you can trust him. The second thing is this, true standing redemption. John three seventeen through 18, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only son. God did not send his son to this world to condemn it, rather to redeem it. So many churches, so many people have the ministry of condemnation versus the ministry of redemption and reconciliation. That's what we're called to. Has anybody ever cleaned a fish before they caught it? Anybody? Has anybody ever cleaned a fish under the water before you caught it? Can you even find the fish to get your hands on it to clean it? How do you get a fish out of the water? Now, sometimes you can grab them. Some people do that noodling crap, which is crazy, okay? You guys are wild, all right? But typically, we go fishing and we go catching, okay? We go fishing and we, there's your difference, all right? This is why I don't like fishing a whole lot, because I like catching. Anybody with me on this? I like catching. I don't like fishing. I like catch, catch it. Fishing, all right? But you are not able to clean that fish before you catch it. So why in the world do we think we can purify people before they come to the Lord? You just get out there with your sanitizer bottle. <laughs> gotcha. Come on in. You're clean. Aww. Good luck. There's a hose bonnet out front on the, of the church. I think this summer what we're going to try and do is just rinse people off before they come in. <laughs> Be like, you're clean. Come on in. It doesn't work. Most of the time, people who do that, they're struggling with their own stuff. We'll leave that there. Well, if I just clean them, I'm clean too. No, 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 no. No, no. Matt, if you and your wonderful team would start making your way up. He came to save the world. God desires to save, heal, preserve, and rescue this world, which is us. God rescuing us. This is what this salvation, save, means. This word means to rescue. To free you from the penalty and the power of sin. Jesus is talking about the court of law with Nicodemus that he would understand as a ruler. He's talking about things and, and, and the, the language that makes sense to Nicodemus. Free from the penalty and the power of sin, Nicodemus. That's what salvation looks like, that you did something wrong, but yet you will not pay the penalty. You get to go away free because of what I'm about to do. Free from sin, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. For the wage of sin, what you earn from sin is death, separation from God. 
But in and through Christ Jesus, a free gift, mind you, you got to go pay that parking bill. And all of a sudden somebody says, I got it. But I literally stayed out there too long because I was, get, I was just getting my Starbucks on, you know. But somebody says, I got it. Or you, you stayed out too long because you were just spent a little bit more time at lunch with that friend. And you knew you were going to have a parking fine. Okay, maybe downtown, you know what I'm talking about. Someone steps in and is like, I got it. But I did wrong. I know. It's okay. You were dumb. All right? You shouldn't have done that. But I got it. You didn't care. But I got it. I'm going to free you from the penalty of what you did wrong here. But sin is such a bigger thing. Sin leads us to death. But this gift of Jesus leads us to life. We have to have this family talk with everybody we meet because we want them to be in the family of God. We have to share this good news message of Jesus so that others can experience him too. Everyone will stand for what they have believed and what they have not believed as well. Condemned. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but if you don't believe, you stand condemned. See, but we're talking about true standing redemption. One who stands restored. One who stands resurrected. One who stands redeemed. Not one who stands condemned. You stand free. And it happens this way, that you live through the light. This is the verdict. Light is coming to this world, but people love darkness. Everyone who does evil hates the light. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Here's the verdict. This is it. I'm closing this conversation with you, Nicodemus. I'm done here, says Jesus. This is the verdict. This is the bottom line. This is what it all boils down to. Light has come, but man has loved darkness more. Isn't that scary? That even with the light around you, you desire darkness more. You're like, I'm afraid of the dark. I'm not talking about that. We love our pet sins, don't we? We love our mistrust. You know, we love a relationship that's not right, that we may be doing things that we, we know we shouldn't be doing, but we love it more. Why? Because it's predictable, it's known, it's comfortable. You know, we, we love our addictions. We love our fears more than we love being seen as a child of God. Because it's predictable, it's known, it's comfortable. Since when did dysfunction become function? We don't have to love. We're not supposed to love the darkness of our lives, but love the one who has brought the light to our lives. But whoever lives by the truth, Nicodemus, who lives by who God is and what he said and what he has placed before us. Nicodemus, those who live by the truth, those that live by righteousness, that are in right standing with God. Nicodemus, those that represent me and who I am and what I've done already on this earth and what I'm about to do. That's the truth, Nicodemus. That's what you need is, is to live by the truth and not the darkness. Don't come to me in the middle of the night because you're afraid to live for me in the middle of the day. You have nothing to hide anymore, Nicodemus. 
Just believe. Just believe who I am and what I've come to do. Just believe. I've called you out of darkness into light. 1 Peter 2, 9, you're a chosen people. Ephesians 5, 8, for once you were in darkness, but now you are the light. You are light and the Lord live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Ephesians 5, 8, again, John 12, 36, believe in the light while you have the light. While Jesus is here then in that moment, but also while his presence is still upon this earth, believe so that you may become children of light. You must be born again. And maybe this message has challenged you and that maybe I never really made that commitment. Maybe I never really took it that seriously like Nicodemus did that night as he went to Jesus in the darkness in the middle of the night. Maybe you've never done that, really. Maybe you've never really taken it that seriously that I will believe and I will completely trust and I will follow him even to the ends of this earth. I will, I will finish with the wind in my face because I have believed. Maybe you haven't done that. And we're about to partake of something that we don't want to drink judgment upon ourselves if we don't have the right relationship with God. Communion is a reminder. We do this in remembrance of Jesus and what he did for us. So we don't drink this. It's not grabbing Mountain Dew and a cracker or Mountain Dew and a sandwich. This is grabbing something that is symbolic of the blood of Christ and the body of Christ. So the first thing we have to do is make sure we're in the right spot. This doesn't mean that every single Sunday, rededicate my life again, rededicate my life again, rededicate my life. No, 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 no. You may have messed up or had some struggles. Okay, you're, you're still walking in the right direction. But maybe you need to really give your heart to him again. Maybe you were a child or, or a lot, major stuff has happened between now and then. Let's make that decision. Or maybe it's for the very first time you ever heard the message in this way, and this is great news, not just good news. Because this light, Jesus has exposed something in you that you want him to take from you so that you can walk out in the light. Where do we hear of Nicodemus again? As he went public with his faith, burying Jesus. He risked everything with Joseph of Arimathea to bury Jesus and give him a proper burial. He lived in the light after that from this moment of speaking to Jesus in a dark place. So will you allow him to light your life? Will you give him control? Will you trust him? And then will we, after that, partake together what is symbolic of his body that was broken and his blood that was spilled so that we may be whole, but also that we may be redeemed and live with him forever. So close your eyes with me for just a second this morning. And the way that we respond to this first, the first question we have, are you in the right place with God? Do you have a personal relationship? What I love to do is we just lock eyes for a moment and you close your eyes once again. That's it, okay? So I'm gonna ask you, do you need to give your heart to the Lord for the first time or maybe you need to rededicate your life to him again? Because this born again message has made such a difference that your family never talked about. This wasn't something that you valued more than anything in the world. But maybe you want it to be something you value today. 
So if that's something that you want to do this morning, just simply look at me. And when we lock eyes, you can close your eyes once again, and then we're going to move along, okay? So anybody that wants to do that this morning, to make that decision, just simply look at me for just a moment. We'll lock eyes, and then you can close your eyes once again. Okay? Anybody else? Also, I want to always remind you that these decisions can be made on your own couch at home. It doesn't have to be done in church. It can be made on the street, in front of the church, or anywhere you're at. Your decision to serve God is between you and him, and how you go about that decision is up to you, but make sure you decide.